नमस्ते सो एज वी कैन सी हर द स्टोरी ऑफ अ लाइफ इज इंटरटवाइंड विद द स्टोरी ऑफ द अर्थ एंड द स्टोरी ऑफ द अर्थ इज इंटरटवाइंड विद अवर ओन लाइफ सो एसेंशियली इट इज वन सिंगल मूवमेंट एंड शी एंड शुरबिंदो एज द स्पियर हेड्स ऑफ इवोल्यूशन इन हूज ट्रेल वी वॉक so ordinarily uh, or traditionally we have these two major roads of yoga paths not the minor paths but two major paths of yoga one is vedanta and the other is tantra so vedanta both take the stand on the fact that our soul is caught in the web of nature and the web of nature is full of forces energies beings all kinds of things and vedanta uh, takes its stand that within this web there is the soul which is a pure portion of the divine direct expression of the divine but it's caught in the web so even if it wants it's someone in the prison it cannot fully express itself unless it figures out a way first to recover its own truth deeper truth so in vedanta the method is primarily spiritual meaning thereby we don't bother about what this nature is what are its forces what its territories are but essentially find the shortest path to cut through the entire forest if somebody caught in the forest wants to cut through find the shortest path and having come out of this web of nature the soul is freed from ignorance so that's the as simple as that in vedanta you don't normally need a guru except somebody to show you the path of course it's very good if the guru can walk with you <laughs> wonderful <laughs> so it's not that there is a bar but it's if the guru can show the path say that look here that is the direction you have to go this is the word you must the magic word you need to keep remembering and with that remembrance walk along this path in critical moments i'll be there with you uh, that's the promise uh, until you are step out of the zone of ignorance so this what vedanta is about on the other hand there is the path of tantra tantra says well i don't want to just cut across i want to explore the forest and all the gifts that it can give all the booties and the bounties and the joy and the charm and the danger and the delight of the forest and through this forest exploring it in totality or as much as it can it eventually it also finds figures out the way of going beyond the zone of nature into the the supreme soul but the difference is that it takes that nature is a conscious force that's the stand of the tantra as opposed to material science which also explores nature but the stand of material science is that this is essentially a jal prakriti material it's obscure it it's unintelligent even though the processes are intelligent but tantra takes a much more intelligent and wiser stand that this is a conscious force which has brought this material vital mental worlds so it wants to come in contact with this conscious force and when it comes with this contact with this conscious force is face to face with her um, mahamaya or the jagan mata whatever way we call it and then by her grace she says okay this forest had created for whatever purposes but now if you want you can be freed from this forest now naturally this requires a master a lot more that's why all these 
पूजा उपासना मंत्र यंत्र एंड ऑफकोर्स द रिक्वायरमेंट ऑफ ए गुरु इज मच मोर इन तंत्र बिकॉज यू आर एक्सप्लोरिंग द फॉरेस्ट एंड नेचुरली इट इज फार मोर डेंजरस बिकॉज देर आर पोर्शन इन द फॉरेस्ट विच कैन बी वेरी इंटीमिडेटिंग एंड इट रिक्वायर्स ए कंप्लीट एबसेंस ऑफ फियर सो बोथ श्री अरविंदो एंड द मदर ट्रेडिशनली पीपल फॉलो वन और दी अदर एंड इफ द गोल इज मुक्ति एक्चुअली देन वेदांता इज मोर देन अनफ दैट्स वाई वी सी द पॉपुलरिटी ऑफ वेदांता तंत्र गिव्स पावर्स ऑफ नेचर इट सो ट्रेडिशनली द वेदांतिक योगी सेज आई डोंट वॉन्ट द पावर्स ऑफ नेचर दे विल कम एज यू मूव थ्रू द फॉरेस्ट दे विल कम बट एसेंशियली दे वॉन्ट टू कम आउट ऑफ द फॉरेस्ट सो दे शन दीज पावर्स सिद्धिज एज दे आर कॉल्ड बट इन तंत्र द सिद्धिज कम and the yogin takes a look at them uses them but eventually he has to go beyond both shyarbindu and the mother they had all the siddhis in the world and they took it without hankering after them so in shyarbindu's yoga and both shyarbindu and the mother's practice they went through the entire tantra as well as vedanta and the reason is very simple the reason is that if one has to uh Uh, if one has to change this nature transform this nature then one needs to also understand the forest here the goal is not call it quits to the play and come out of the forest but to turn this forest which is very wild 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 into a beautiful garden of the divine so one needs to understand so in shobindu yoga it is part of the needed knowledge to have a practical understanding about the play of forces now here we see another aspect of the mother's life mother had already realized the inner divine she had the kundalini experience she was adept in the buddhist yoga she had realized the yoga of the gita as we have seen but she also was an adept in all the tantric processes and the siddhis that come thereof so her learning of tantra tantra has to be done with somebody who is there why because not that you need a guru that way but in tantra you have to do practices such as going out of the body and at that point of time the body is completely at the mercy of certain forces and if you want to explore completely there is a certain kind of risk and therefore the need of a physical guru whose presence and oh, that's how tantra that's how the guru aspect and the physical presence has come so the mother learnt it in algeria from max theon but much more his wife actually he used to teach but his wife was the one who was truly realized in all the aspects and the mother has wonderful stories to recount about that and her very first test as uh, max theon he is in algeria uh, a french territory at that point of time and as she is going through the forest suddenly he turns back he had great powers at his command he could bend the lightning mother says i have seen it and he would suddenly turn and said you know you are in this forest you are all alone and i am there with all the powers at my disposal aren't you afraid and she laughed and said afraid don't you know that i carry the divine presence in my heart always the divine is with me now you see in both shirbindu and the mother first the divine first the vedanta that's what shirbindu says first realize the divine the vedanta then the fulfillment or the fullness of the tantra she had realized the divine then she entered into this entire journey of tantra where she could separate 12 bodies one after one successively she could literally die the breath would stop the heartbeat stop the cord would be cut this would, twice it has happened 
and um, Max Theo himself was very, uh, you know, because she could access certain, there are certain regions which even the greatest occultist cannot enter unless he is complete purity. We see this in some of the movies like Steven Spielberg's Cup of Christ. So, she is able to enter those domains and there she finds the mantra of life. If we have to put it in our Sanskrit terms, it will be Mrit Sanjeevani Vidya. And it's very interesting that this Vidya was always with the Guru of the Asuras. And Max Theon was actually the Lord of Death. And why it is given uh, the Asura of Death and why it is with the, you know, Shukracharya who is the Guru of the Asuras for a very simple reason because the gods are immortal. Whereas it is they who, <laughs> who need it but it's not easy to access it. So again we see that uh, he knew how to get that but he could not access it because that degree of purity and uh, whatever is required. So mother goes and on that um, pot, Mrit Sanjeevani, uh, well mantra of life technically, it is written, her name is written, Mira. And she takes it and brings it down and he says that I want it. She says, no, you are not ready to get it. And he gets very angry when she is receiving this. He cuts the cord. It's like, if not me, then nobody and then he got scared and the mother and he himself with their occult power joined the cord. Normally if the cord is cut, you can't uh, you know, come back to life. And uh, she also had this uh, ability to completely withdraw from the physical consciousness like dying while living and yet the body could continue all its activities almost for number of days. It's described in Savitri also. So all these things Mother and Shirobindo had and she had realized so so many powers which you know it's it's it would be inexhaustible later on we will see how she could um, not just heal in many ways Shirobindo could heal with a look there is a story of Shirobindo bringing a dead cat to life so not that with these powers they would do arbitrarily and change the uh, you know the balance of creation uh, these powers were necessary to deal with the forces of creation, not to create imbalance because they were here to transform the earthly life, make it natural. Means all these powers which are there, nature can give, they are concealed in a supernature, they should be given to man. Not that the guru comes, does arbitrary miracles and goes away and man remains after that just with a picture frame. No. They wanted to give it to man, but they know that it cannot be unless the basis is strong, unless there is sufficient purity. That's why Shivindo writes these four things as goal of his yoga. Uh, shuddhi, purity. Mukti, which comes as a result of Shuddhi. When ignorance is gone, there is Mukti. Then uh, Siddhi, all the various powers, outflowing, flowering of the various aspects of nature or supernature. And then there is bhukti, the divine enjoyment of this creation. And uh, when the mother had gone, Madame Theo, when she saw her, she recognized in her the mother right then and there. So some people believe that when the mother came to the ash to Pondicherry, there was no ashram then. And after coming in contact with Shirobindo, she became a disciple and she realized the mother. But this lady had seen, in fact, she remarked, I know you are that. Why? Because I see the crown of twelve pearls on your head. And what are these twelve pearls? The twelve powers that we see in the mother's... Uh, and she knew that. And even Theo knew it. That's why he wanted her to bring the mantra of life. So that's a very fascinating story. But 
during that phase, there was a very interesting work that the mother did for, uh, you know, right from beginning she was born not only to save but to redeem earthly life. That's why the divine takes a human body to undergo the pain, suffering that humanity goes through, except that he goes through it hundred times more. Because his suffering is not just his. When you read Shirobindo's poem where he says, My gaping wounds are a thousand. So, uh, because he is, we can't imagine the, the whole creation is himself. And in the cosmic consciousness, all kinds of pain and suffering, of course, they don't experience it in the limited human way. That's a different story. But then they have to undergo. That's how they can understand and transmute it. So she knew what happens after death. She had herself died while living. So she knew the journey not by books but by direct first-hand experience. So what, what did she do? One of her pastime activities. See, just imagine. Divine is playing and playing. What does he do? So one year she spent on building a passage through the vital world. Vital world is after death uh, or what we call as the death is nothing else but the body, body dies in the sense it can no more uh, support the movement of the life force. That's what death is from the spiritual point of view. Uh, so it cannot support the movement of the life force through it which keeps it alive and going and that's because the wires have snapped or the brain has snapped or the organs have snapped the machinery basically computer the hard disk is gone so you it's not that the you know we may use the word computer is dead but you can still uh, you know bring a new one <laughs> and activate it so that's what is gone so she knew that after that the energy of life which is released passes through these vital worlds and they are very dangerous because they are places which are filled with all kinds of filth in fact and dangerous beings and forces and human beings are caught unwittingly. Of course those who remember the divine and who are detached they will go through it like literally zoom <laughs> but most human beings are a mixed lot and it's not People's fault. The mother and Shobindo never blamed people. Your karma, you are a fallen one. No, they understood what human nature is. And mother says, I always look upwards towards beauty, light and truth. I don't condemn or blame or punish anything. Because they knew it's trapped by human nature. So for, there are, for human beings who uh, after release, they don't know what to do. That's why Shraddha ceremonies were held in India or still are. So not knowing what to do. Of course, the mother has changed all that, but that's a different story. That just focus on the thoughts of the departed with love and send them your protection because some time or protection of the divine invoke because for some time they're still around the earth atmosphere. And by our goodwill, by love, by prayers, we can help them. On the other hand, if we are sad, crying, then they get drawn like anybody with emotional strings gets drawn. And that creates a strange and painful situation because they can't do anything. They can't say, actually, you know, we are alive. You are treating me like dead. And if they come and say, we will run away thinking they are ghosts. So because of all this reason, it's a very sad situation for the departed if we are crying, mourning, grieving. We should rather pray Send them thoughts of love and say bye-bye, go on with your future journey. But most people cannot do this. So she had built a passage through the vital world. She said, every night I used to do this. Just imagine, a woman of uh, 7, 30, 30 years less, 
नॉर्मली वेमेन एट अराउंड थर्टी बिजी शॉपिंग एंड मेकिंग ए केरियर ऑल मैन एमेन नो हाउ आई मेक ए हाउस एंड हियर इज अ वोमेन ऑफ थर्टी लर्निंग द मोस्ट परफॉर्म मिस्टिस ऑफ एग्जिस्टेंस सी एस रियलाइज द डिवाइन सी इज बिल्डिंग ए पैसेज एंड हु वुड एंटर दैट पैसेज इज इज सी एज मेड इट दिस वे you know like firewall and proof she has made that passage this way that anyone who dies who has even a little faith faith in the divine faith in some kind of you know divinity he will automatically be impelled to enter into it just imagine and she mentioned it once very casually so just imagine what work she had done during that period and many 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 things told stories fascinating and then she comes to shirobindo So Shubhendu said that mother is not my disciple. She had had the all the experiences, including the supramental, before she came here. She is a collaborator. Without her, this yoga, Shubhendu says, I would have gone ahead and realized my own perfection. But then I would not have been able to help the world. He himself says, with her coming, my own yoga, what would have taken me ten years. could be done in one year that is the mother's contribution when somebody asks what is the mother's contribution to the yoga he says it would have been impossible for earth and mankind because he had done a tremendous tapasya if you read his records of yoga it looks like i mean we just can't do it <laughs> we can't even understand <laughs> let alone do it and it's the mother who is meant to give this yoga to earth and man shobindo realizes it mother also realizes it and that's what we see in the mother's Um, note of 1912 before coming here she would have a group in paris they used to meet the uh, id the uh, the idea and in this they had number of meetings and number of beautiful things in that meeting so in one of the meeting she writes somebody has asked what is the most useful work at present so you see people come up with social schemes ngos tribunals all these things mother says the most useful work is to preach this ideal by word as well as by practice by realization that the divine presence is within man and man can realize him we read yesterday even at 11 10 in her body sleep she had known that you know there is a path through which one can realize the divine man carries the divine within himself so she said number 1 this is our agenda mission statement as they say what is the mission statement number 1 that man carries the divine presence within himself and to realize this divine presence is the individual work and this work will lead to this realization will lead to individual transformation second to preach this ideal by word as well as by practice so give a practice not only you realize within and therefore become a radiating center for this in humanity number 3 she speaks about uh, uh, along with this um, three is yes she, she says that to speak once again the truth the word but in a new form adapted to the present those of us who are familiar with the gita yada yada hi dharmasya glani bhavati bharata abhyutthanam dharmasya tadatmana sajamaham what is shri krishna doing he is speaking the same word sanatana dharma but in a 
language which is adapted to that time why because people had become too ritualistic lost in vedvad panditya debate discussion so he says no 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 that's that's you are getting lost in all kinds of meaningless things the thing is to realize it and he gives a path through works so this is what it means to speak once again to humanity mark the word once again the word but in a form the eternal word but in a form that is adapted in a new form that is adapted to today's time so how to see make sanatan dharma so so widespread how to sleep how to eat how to walk how to have relationship what is marriage children because sanatan dharma is universal what is science what is art what is painting drawing what is education politics administration everywhere because sanatan dharma was meant to be like that Sanatan Dharma did not differentiate. Oh, this is religious. This is secular. This is scientific. No, it is the modernist thought coming from Europe. Sanatan Dharma always believed that God is everywhere and in everything. You can't put him in a corner and say you stay in that little almira, and the rest is my business. Everything is God's business. So she gives that widest thing of Sanatan Dharma. Fourthly, she says to um, to make a. Sp- place the exact words is there in uh, volume 2 um, i think it's 7th may 1912 but i may be mistaken about the date but there in volume 2 what is the most useful work you search you'll get it so she says to uh, to find or establish um, this uh, ideal in a place in a propitious place why for flowering of the race of the sons of god so that it can take a leap towards the superhumanity of the future this is the essence of it now shorobindo in 1912 writes a letter to motilal roy and if you read it there also he gives a vision statement that shri krishna has given me an irukta through which he has revealed to me the secret of the vedas i have to give it to the to the world and it has to be in a form which is adapted to the uh, you know the present age and he says along with that that there has to be a race of the sons of god so all these things exactly the same vision statement pass i can probably read it so there is the same vision statement which the mother and shurbindo bring and i can just quickly read for each individual to be this is her work and means all of us who talk about doing mother's work <laughs> this is the work all else is means to achieve that work physical work intellectual work reading speaking communicating ashram work society work it's all meant to ultimately lead us here for each individually to be conscious in himself of the of the divine presence and to identify himself with it number 2 to individualize the states of being yes this what that were never till now conscious in man and by that to put the earth in connection with one or more of the fountains of universal force that are still sealed to it that means the higher ranges of consciousness and of course certain other layers but mainly the higher ranges of consciousness which man some rishis have once in a while gone but they have not individualized they would go into samadhi but they had to be individualized meaning thereby they have they have become now steps for ascension one can become conscious that my operating system now is the higher mind now it's the element mind they describe all this in great detail and ultimately the ultimate fountain which is the transcendent the super mind so this was to individualize man does not have these as individual centers that's why when we read about the various bodies which yoga speaks about right now we have individualized only the manomeh deh the mental body that to not 
yet common. But there is nothing like an individualized supramental body. The supramental is there, the karana sharira and beyond the anandame. Now I am not going into what people have made karana sharira to be. But the ultimate cause, the womb of all things. And these bodies, this is yet not individualized in human beings. We can enter into it and vanish into it. So to individualize. Number three, to speak again to the world, the eternal word, under a new form adapted to its present mentality. And what that word will be? It will be the synthesis of all human knowledge. Nothing will be exempted from it. That is the Sanatana Dharma. Not use the word Sanatana Dharma. It's Sanatana Dharma didn't uh, you know, bother about giving itself a name. But it's nothing else but Sanatana Dharma. And finally, collectively to establish an ideal society in a propitious spot for the flowering of the new race, the race of the sons of God. And this will lead to individual transformation and social transformation and so on and so forth. So this is the mission statement of the mother. And this is the mission statement of Shurabindo. Just the words are a little bit different. Shurabindo's probably autobiographical note you'll find in his letters to Motilal Roy. But that apart. So right now with the mother. So when she meets we can imagine what that meeting would have meant. For a moment we can just pause and contemplate what that meeting on 29th of March she has landed in Pondicherry. 3.30 she has to meet Shirobindo. I'll give you one instance of how the divine, her example. She has come and she is walking. She asks someone, where does Shirobindo live? At that time Shirobindo lived in the guest house. What today is part of the playground. Not where today we call as the ashram. He has shifted there later on. I think 22 onwards. Different rooms. The final room is of course 24, 25. So anyways, guest house. So this man shows. And she meets Shurabindo. And we have already spoken about that meeting. This meeting, I would say this is when the new time has begun. This meeting meant that now the new creation will be. As I said, Shurabindo, the moment he saw her, he knew that now the divine life will be realized upon earth. And regarding this man who showed her the way, all her, during her physical presence, gross physical body, she would give him a special treatment. He was an uncouth, ordinary person. And um, someone asked her, I think it was Champaklal, Mother, why do you give such a special treatment to this man? And Mother says, you know, he had shown me the way to the Lord. What way? Pointed about the house. This is the way that of the divine. Thou who disdainest not the worm to be, nor even the clod. Therefore we know by that humility that thou art God. And naturally they were those who at different points of time in history were connected to her. Shubhinda says that why you people have come? This question had remained incomplete. He says one reason is that physical connection with me or the mother in previous lives. Bhakti in previous life bearing fruit today. So there has been or simply grace. You can't calculate grace. So there were people who were drawn. One such is the story of Amritta. 
Amrita, it seems, when she she was manifesting through John of Arc, he was one of the priests who didn't, or one of the persons who didn't like the sentence being given, and he felt a gross injustice has been done. But you can't say because you know you will run the risk of your own life. And when she is going on that burning at the stake, she wanted a cross, and nobody would dare to give it. He makes cross out of hay and throws it at her. Divine notes this. And Amrita comes in this life. Some of these sadhaks started coming at that point. They knew a new creation is going to be. So as she came, we see a small group of people, just like bees come, honey bees, wherever the flowers. Shobindo had uh, kept himself waiting for the mother to come. He says, all my work was waiting for the mother to come. So the moment she came, she started three things. One was the Arya. Thanks to that, we have today all these writings of Sri Aurobindo, whose inspiration, literally, inspiration in the sense that who asked him it is the mother. She said, no, no, you must give it. And he started writing the Arya. And after nine months, the mother and the husband went away. So, he says, it was all left to me. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, her husband was also filling a section Eternal wisdom, picking up quotes from here and there. And then Shubindu continues. Though he says that, well, it was left in my hand, but also we must remember the mother had said this. And this would continue till the mother would come back finally. The Arya continued. And that's why somebody remarked there are only two beings here who have made their complete surrender. The mother to Shubindu and Shubindu to the mother. Can we imagine there was dearth of money, everything, but mother has said start this and he starts it. He doesn't stop. We may not look at it that way, but see, 1920 when mother comes, 21 the Arya stops. Mother must have said, okay, fine, I understand. Or whatever communicated. So she comes here, she starts the Arya, a monthly journal, 64 pages every month. And then she started a small little society, the new idea. Because they, they were planting the seeds of a new idea in the mind of man. The idea that there must be an integration of material life and the spiritual life. The idea that God and world are not two opposites. God is in the world and the world is in God. And therefore, what is hidden inside the world must reveal itself fully. So the new idea, and there were many others, they would hold the meetings and this was the way that she would make people um, look at things. She taught, started teaching people how exactly one should look towards Sri Aurobindo. Number of her experiences during this nine-month period, how one should be. Then the third thing she started was the honesty society. It's about business. Business is something which is in the vital plane. So Suresh Chakravarti, Moni, uh, Sri brother-in-law, he was also, he had also accompanied Shurabindu. He started managing the honesty store. So, uh, I don't know whether that honesty store has blossomed into this, but it was like you can do honest business. In that field, which is supposed to be business and politics, are two fields which Shurabindu said is most impervious to change. And yet, he sowed the seed. During that phase, when we read the prayers, first the world, she writes, this is what mother's renunciation. She has taught us renunciation. We feel so hesitant to renounce worldly things. Worldly things at the end of it, it is what? It is 
mud and filth, much of it. But she renounces all her spiritual experiences because a new synthesis has to be made. That's one of her first experiences sitting at the feet of Sri Aurobindo. Completely, she becomes blank. And if you read a prayer of third, um, third, April, third April, she says, I'm like a newborn child who has no past. Completely, she gives away everything. Take it. Surrenders. Offers everything that she had gathered at the feet of Sri Aurobindo. So, this is how she starts living here. She starts, people who were living here were having a very bohemian lifestyle. They didn't like a European lady coming. Some of them were revolutionaries. How can a European lady, and she's a great yogi because it was believed that, you know, only Indians have a right to <laughs> spirituality and, and avatar cannot be born as a woman. People, she has heard all these things. Before coming, also whatever she came in contact with and then of course we know her. So when she comes here, she starts all. Then the second, first world war breaks. So what does she do? She identifies with the agony of the earth. There are such prayers that she has become the entire earth. And she becomes the Yagavedi. She uses the word holocaust. And we have in Indian tradition the idea of Chinnamasta, the Divine Mother destroying her own body and she takes upon herself all the miseries of these countless human beings who are dying or who are being offered like moth and flies into the great fire of sacrifice. So, this is how she is offering herself and then after the world war starts, we see more and more of her very conscious, full identification with the Divine Mother. And we have those prayers, particularly on September 5, paucity of time, and I am not going into these details, how she shows the Divine Mother is with us. Oh, Divine Mother, thy march is triumphal. And she identifies more and more with the Divine Mother. And she is now ready to take this role. At one place she writes, that living in the heart of each atom, I kindle there in the fire. That the Supreme Agni has become Jadagni, the fire that never burns out. She identifies, she says that my heart has become that sanctuary of love. So I'll probably just read uh, one odd prayer. <coughs> so she writes this on. Uh, okay, so. One of them is, she becomes, Thy love is vaster than the universe and more enduring than the ages. It is infinite and eternal. It is thyself and it is thyself that I would be. And that I am since such is thy law and such thy will. What is the power that the Divine Mother got with her? Supreme power and it is divine love. Not ordinary power, not human love. Divine love. She says divine love has the power of transformation. And she came armed. That's why we see in Savitri, Savitri conquers death by the power of love. And something of this power is in all of us, but it is limited, debased, disfigured. Human love. Now this human love is that mysterious power in us, which can be upgraded to divine love. And then there are no limits to which our nature can change. Even in humanity we see a little love. And what it can do, it does magic to us. We suddenly change in many ways. A mystery wakes in our inconscient stuff. 
Imagine when this power is identified with the divine love. So I am resisting the temptation to enter into the domain of love. But here is one of our prayers. And when I ask this of thee, the eye which speaks to thee is the whole earth, aspiring to be this pure diamond, perfect reflector of thy supreme light. So what really is this yoga? Very simply, she has become the supreme Divine love in a human body. Her body has become the Yagya Vedi. So what happens? She is, we can imagine, there is a hearth of sacrifice. And we are like little, little china china candles. Small little candles. Little flame, it petters out, it burns out. It burns out either because there is a lot of wind which is blowing, wind of passion, storms of doubt. Or we light it and again we try to guard it. But there is very little of the oil left, so it burns out. But her flame is like Akhand Jyoti of love. All the time burning. So every time this little candle goes there and lights it up. So what happens? Now it is connected to the inexhaustible power and light of love. Meaning thereby, if our hearts can love the Divine Mother... And open to her and give ourselves. What will happen? We will have an inexhaustible love coming to us. We will not be beggars anymore. We will become radiant instruments of her love. That's what we read yesterday. That what is her um, reminiscences? She says to hasten. All this super mind is a base. Why? Because she wants to hasten the reign of divine love upon earth. Ultimately all this creation is for love. But not love as we understand which is disfigured by linking our human love to her. Our love begins to, our heart begins to get transmuted. That's where the core is, the psychic being. And once that is transmuted, then there is an explosion. So all this she was doing during that period. Um, and then of course the bar breaks out. The forces came to know. This is because we may think, oh, one place in Pondicherry, you read the world map and whatever. Pondicherry, it will have a little entry in Wikipedia, a cosmopolitan town in the southern part of the, um, uh, India and sometimes even more confusing when I wanted to come to Pondicherry I looked up the map there were three Pondicherries I didn't know that time Pondicherry, Karai, Kalan, Mahe all the three Pondicherry I said now where do I go? <laughs> which Pondicherry I am supposed to go? <laughs> so that's how but just like in the Mahabharata you see Krishna sitting if BBC had to give a report, it will say, there was also, by the way, this son of uh, a milkman who was driving the chariot of Arjun. But Sri Krishna was conducting the war. Similarly, in this little remote corner of India, a new age had begun. And the forces in the world knew this. We didn't know. They are very smart. So they immediately stooped over it, trying to destroy the yajna. And they knew that if mother and Shobindu are together, this will be. That's what we see in the story of all the avatars. They separate the divine and his shakti. And they managed to do it for some time. On 22nd February 1950, the mother had to sail away. Why? Because French citizen and the, whatever was the terms of coming, war had broken out, so she had to go back. And she goes back. But then 
she carries now it's a new world she has to create first time we see in one of her diary entries when she is here in 1914 a new light shall break upon the earth a new world shall be born and the things that were promised shall manifest so somebody asked mother who promised whom he says don't you know it has been promised to earth time and again since ages ram rajya what John of Patmos saw what Shelley dreamed, vision and vain imagination deemed the city of delight, the age of gold. All that has been promised by the divine, promise, 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 and this is the time to fulfill that promise. She says, "Shall be." That's how she says, promises. And then, of course, now how will this happen? First, she goes back during. that period from 1915 to 1920 there are series of experiences everything connected with the earth two threes which were which are important is that uh, there is the outbreak of spanish flu which she takes upon herself to know the secret of this deadly disease and she gives the secret that what are these beings which try to destroy you it's a whole interesting story but nevertheless just imagine she has given this secret to us more than 100 years back and we as our children are still far from even believing it forget about practicing it this is as an aside but she gave the secret what this flu is about a flu which had raised all over the world wiped away villages so she had she has gone through it and during that war she went to the front she was uh, even people have seen her hovering like a light over paris and uh, protecting the city because wherever she is she must do that work and she went to the front line she looked into the soldiers who were coming and she says because they have gone through this death and destruction trying to defend them for a cause therefore they will be ready now for the new creation does it remind us of something soldiers who die for a just cause on the battlefield they get virgati and the doors of heaven are flung open for them but this truth has also been destroyed distorted that people who blow themselves up to kill innocent children no no door of heaven is going to open for them doors of hell maybe but this is the truth of which has been distorted so she says that they are now ready for the new creation she looks into their eyes and sees that readiness why because sacrifice the law of sacrifice wherever there is sacrifice there the gods consent and wherever there is only demand and wanting there the asura is sitting with his huge belly <laughs> wanting to swallow the world so while she was there she knew that these are because of the asuric forces and at the root of all these asuras is the asura falso there are four of them they are just the opposite of these four aspects of the divine sat chit tapas anand let me use that terminology you know so because divine is satchidananda sat existence truth it becomes falsehood that's the basis of everything chit consciousness becomes unconsciousness tapas force becomes weakness and ananda delight it becomes suffering so these are the four original aspects they become their opposite so what she did she wanted to cure this remedy from the roots human beings are just pawn she knew that she, she was not busy blaming human being oh why people have done this condition she caught hold of the asura let me try to convert him and how she caught hold of the asura her own husband 
He was the Asura of falsehood. And she held him, trying to convert him. But the time comes when she knows that it cannot be done. And there is a prayer in prayers and meditation, the last prayer before she leaves Japan. And she describes that very beautifully. Since man refused to take the meal that I had prepared for him, I offer it back to thee, O Lord. And thou came graciously and sat at my table and received it. So this meal is nothing else but the new path, the taste of that new substance which can trans- transform and redeem. So he didn't want. Why? Because he knew she is the Divine Mother. But just like Theo wanted that you give me the mantra of life, he said, you make me the Lord of this universe. But the Lord is here. Sure, Bindu. She said, no way. So he would try, torture her, whatever. That's a difficult, different story. And with all that love, she would try to transform him. But once she knew it cannot be. Because... The process is to be different. And then she has a vision of the Supreme. She says, much more magnificent than what is described in the Gita. And he comes and takes her in his arms and points westward. Westward from Japan to the southern coast of India. And there she finds herself before Sri Aurobindo. And she knew that she has to come back. And next day, her husband says, let's go to, back to Pondicherry. Buys the ticket. He becomes the instrument. He became the instrument even earlier to bring her to Pondicherry. So he becomes the instrument and she comes to Pondicherry. And this second meeting, mother describes this meeting. The two of them are together. And imagine now they are Yog Yogeshwara. They don't have to communicate with each other. He could get a thought and Knew not just the thought but all the links behind it. For instance, once she says, Will it be for this time? Now somebody would say, What will be? But Shivindra knew what she is meaning. The supramental descent, the transmutation of earthly life. Shivindra doesn't ask, well, What do you mean? Uh, what, what will be? When? What? He simply says, Yes. And that time she sees the supramental conscious, the force descend and touch earth. And of course it bounced back because man is not ready. She, she recounts this experience in power of the word. And as she comes, 1920, she came permanently. And that's why she says it's the sure sign of the victory over adverse forces. This talk I have given separately, so I'll not touch upon all the aspects. But suffice it to say, the divine and the shakti who have always been separated in all the incarnations, their coming together means a new creation. And yet six years they had to wait before opening it to public. Why? Because Shobindo had to finish his own siddhi. His own perfection on 24th November 1926. And the mother herself, she is ready to take up the task. But she is waiting and she is still, she is there. And when she is here, all kinds of beings are going to come. First of all, these boys left their bohemian style when they saw that, you know, she is there. Perfectly. She taught them by sitting on the floor, how to sit in front of the master. By cleaning the, um, doing everything herself, all the chores. Then they realized, otherwise they had a very, uh, you know, casual attitude. <laughs> so, and she never projected herself. She would sit with Amrita and they would read together. And it, Amrita says, how foolish, if somebody looked at us, we would have thought we are 
as if partners. <laughs> exactly how Arjuna asked Krishna, who are you? Tell me who are you? So this is how she continued. And then a day come when, as Sri had said, one day impelled by the divine love, she will take up this service. And that indeed will be a great day. So what she was doing till then, she was doing all kinds of things. Gods would come and she would ask the gods, would you help in this work? She says, they are happy to be there in meditation. They would say, okay, I'll get some money, I'll do this, I'll inspire some human being, I'll influence. But nobody is ready to take a human body. Even Shiva, Shiva says, I'll destroy, I'll do my task of destruction. So... (laughs) What do you want to be? You want something to be destroyed? I I'll, I'm here to do it. And she says, yes, yes, the physical ego. And suddenly Shiva with his Sivatandav, the physical ego begins to disintegrate. And she goes to Shurabindu and says, I have a very funny feeling as if all my cells are getting disintegrated. And Shurabindu looks at her and says, not now. And everything comes back. And she says, in the 60s I had this experience again because now she is ready. So... This, this was a fascinating period, what is known as the brilliant period of the ashram, but there was no ashram really. But people around, they were having very wonderful experiences because the gods were in the atmosphere. They started influencing. She says the whole overmind creation, the world of the gods was brought down in human beings. Many of those who were present, Nalanida, Amrita, uh, Pavitrada, many of them had become like um, uh, vibhutis of these gods. And then the mother goes to Shivinda says, Well, the world of the gods is ready. She says, Yes, I know. But this is not what we want. Because with this we can create a best religion in the world, highest. The whole earth will bow in reverence, but it won't be transformed. It will always run the risk of disintegrating. It will be another satyug, but a satyug which will once again enter into the cycles. So she dissolves it and starts the hard work, but something happens before that. Sri Krishna says, okay, this is my work. I am ready to participate. I will participate because he is the one who is with Sri Aurobindo all through. And so Sri Krishna fuses with Sri Aurobindo's body and the mother goes and tells him. He says, Sri I know it. The personality of Sri Krishna as an avatar. Let's be clear about that. Shobindra says, yes, I know it. From now onwards, I'll concentrate on bringing the supermind down and you take the charge of the yoga. 24th November 1926, that mysterious, uh, wonderful story is described. All these are available everywhere, so I'm not going into details. But that is the day three things happen. The age of religions is over. Why? Because the world of the gods. So they will have a role, but a different role altogether. Second thing happens, that now there is a seal that the supermind will manifest. How long? We don't know. So Shobindo now fully concentrates on that. Shobindo's own personal siddhi is over. And mother laughingly says, that was the beginning of the mother. But Shobindo had started calling... Uh, hesitating while calling her name Mira, he would hesitate on the word Ma, as if he is trying to say something else. One day he suddenly called mother. And people said, what? Why mother? He is calling her mother? 
We don't know what date. Nalida says what date in unrecorded history of time. So from that day, the mother took charge of the disciples, the yoga, and the new journey began. A new yoga for earth and mankind, which we'll talk about tomorrow. And people started getting drawn. Who were these people? They were the ones who were chosen long back. There were two kinds of humanity. Those who were called and those who are chosen. Who are called? Anyone in whom there is that ray of possibility intertwined with a difficulty. A humanity which they saw, they saw, could be become a... Uh, what was their vision? See, they didn't call all the big yogis. She says that, well, that kind of sannyasis who reject worldly life, they are not ready for this yoga. Because then they have to renounce that, just as she had renounced, just as Shurabindo had renounced. So, they, because you have to become ordinary, you have to deal with the surface material life. She says, they are not ready for this yoga, because they will not do that. One or two later on did that act of renouncing. But generally they are not ready, like Kapali Shastri and some others who did renounce their realizations to accept this new yoga. But there are others who are indulging in worldly life, but somewhere they have this dream of a new world, of an ideal, perfect creation. He says, they are better, <laughs> more suited for my work. And so she had these people drawn and somewhere chosen. Who are these chosen? Who have been with them, like Sri Krishna says, that Arjun, you have been, we have been together for ages. There is another story of Charu Chandat, many, some others, Dilip Kumar Rai, who have been together in previous lives. And they were chosen to, chosen means what? Chosen means not that, oh, you are some special revert. Chosen means they will become the hub of the biggest difficulties <laughs> and the greatest possibilities. So, and she says that, you think being chosen by the Lord to be his friend is easy? He says, you know how he treats them? <laughs> and then once he would give the example of Champaklal. Ask Champaklal. Because chosen means you are carrying the cross now, literally. You are carrying the burden of humanity. You have become part of that mission. But many are called. Who will receive the same truth? But some will become the pallbearers or the front runners of course mother and shurbindu are everything but they are they will represent each because one human being and they say that however great and complex he may be cannot have all the different aspects because by nature he he will have certain aspects of personality will be missing for example in shurbindu we see the flowering of the poet the philosopher the politician and such others the revolutionary in the mother we see the painter the musician but you have to take a sample humanity with its own difficulties and possibilities to work so these were the ones who were called one thing that had happened before her mother the mother's coming here before we close this part is she had a communication with Gautama the Buddha, Sakyamuni, she signs it off. And she had a relation with him long back. Once during one of the meetings in Paris, she sees uh, Alexandra David Neal, that's where, you know, she was a Buddhist and she saw Buddha standing and smiling with him. And later on also she came to meet the mother and she would say, you know, 
Buddha is with you and she would say, no, 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 he's in Nirvana. She could not accept the idea that Buddha can still be there. Though in Mahayana, uh, that is uh, Maitri, Amitabh, Buddha, there is the conception of that. Buddha who looks back on creation and says, I don't accept that ultimate dissolution till even one creature is suffering. So she would see him smiling and he says he is all love. So she has a communication where Buddha sees. He says, see, I have come to you out of love just as you have loved me once. She was an adept in Buddhist yoga. And who knows in previous lives what was the connection. And I see within your heart the pure diamond. But it's covered in a mantle and you don't want to reveal it to the world. But see, I also hesitated before revealing it. Because men won't understand. That's your hesitation. But he says, but when have men understood the divine? I too hesitated like you, but one day I gave it to the world. So you too also should have no fear and reveal it to the world. And then, as we know, that still she was holding it. Why she was holding it? Because she waited, Sri should complete the Siddhi. Then only. And there was no mental plan. Their consciousness had grown vast. After that, Mother says for the ashram that we, for a moment, uh, we had to decide whether we go ahead together, that means Mother and Sri and arrive at the perfection, full supramental transformation. Not just the supramental consciousness, they have become one with that and established in that. Or we take the world along. And she says the decision was spontaneous because in any case the consciousness had grown so vast that the world was anyways there. And so they started this great journey of yoga for the earth and men and matter and world and all that that has never been touched by the fire of yoga. The souls of man have been, souls of men have been, the hearts have been enamored of the delight and revelled in the beauty of those those eyes. The heart has loved God. The mind has received illuminations. But the lower reaches of man and the body of man has remained empty. It's like a chamber in which the Lord had not come. That is the new yoga. We'll speak about it tomorrow. Namaste.